Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. How many of you are ready to say I'm ready? Okay, there you go. Listen, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. A person who is full refuses honey, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. A person who strays from home is like a bird that strays from its nest. Heartfelt counsel of a friend. Here we go. Heartfelt counsel of a friend is, a, is as sweet as perfume and incense. Never abandon, never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. When disaster strikes, you won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It's better to, it's better to go to a neighbor than to a brother who lives way far away. And what that scripture is actually telling us is, is that it's good to have friends in your life. And a good friend in your life will, will be there and you will have to, you won't have to go far. I want you to know that even right now you've got someone standing next to you who's a good friend. Husband's your best friend outside of Jesus should be your wife. Wife, same thing. But I want to help you identify this principle a little bit closer. The subtitle for today's message is called The Meaning of Life. It's about friends. A wonderful life is not comprised of the things that you have or the people that you have in your life. If you have an abundance of, of, of monetary blessings in your life, or you have an abundance of uh, property or, or gigantic home, a mansion, you have toys galore, those mean nothing if you have no one to enjoy them with. But if you have nothing, I have been around some good friends. We don't need a whole lot of things to have fun. We don't need a whole lot of toys. Big boys just means bigger toys. You know that, right? If you're around a good friend, all you have to do is be around them. And you'll have a good time. More importantly than having someone that's next to you, around you, it's the person that's inside of you that's a friend that sticketh closer than any brother, Jesus Christ. So this Sunday morning, we're going to talk about that, how to identify who those people are and how to choose who you have to lose and who you're going to gain, but more importantly, how to make Jesus number one in your life. Are you ready for today's sermon? Pray a blessing over it. You, you bless it today. Come on, somebody pray for this meal. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Make, make this your prayer. Say, Father, bless this service today. Lord, bless this sermon. Talk to us through your word. Give us direction. God, speak to us, God. God, I don't want to hear from Pastor Bobby. I want to hear from Jesus in Pastor Bobby. Lord, we pray today that you would just enlighten us, enrich us, encourage us, and strengthen us, God, in your divinity and your deity. In Jesus' name we pray, and somebody say amen. Now, one more time. I know this is I know this is routine, but one more time with the heartfelt sincerity, give the Lord a hand clap of praise here like he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you. And you can be seated this Sunday morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing Covenant. If you're looking for a church home, I'm going to tell you, you found it. Just telling you, you know, we love people and we, because we love God. And, and so make yourself at home. Make yourself at home. Uh, sometimes friends, real, real friends, true friends are hard to find. I think everybody wants a friend. I think everybody's looking for someone they can believe in. The scripture gives us kind of an indication how to have friends, and, and I'm going to break it down in some kind of in a simple way and tell you what the secret is. Well, I'm going to kind of give you an example. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know why some people have no friends? Do, y'all really, do you know why some people have no friends? Well, are you ready? It's, a, it's pretty deep. It's because they're not friendly. <laughs> they're just not friendly. They don't, want, they don't want people. I mean, they don't want people involved in their life. Let me tell you what Proverbs 18.24 says. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, the challenge is to determine who that friend is. But I know if I'm going to have someone in my life, I have to be friendly 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 even in the bible even in the bible god had a friend his name was called abraham and abraham was chosen to be a great nation and god was going to use him in a great way and because abraham believed god um, it was counted to him it was counted to him for righteousness I'm going to read that scripture in just a moment again. But you see, Abraham was was challenged with with the test. That test involved taking his one son that he had. Now, God gave Abraham a great promise, and he gave him great promises. I mean, when you tell a man you're going to have more family than you can have in your house, when you tell a man you're going to own property, and have real estate beyond your own eyes. He was talking about future generations as well, not just his life. Because our life, when God measures our life, is not measured just within our own lifetime. It's measured within the offspring that come out of you. Because God always not just wants to bless you, but God wants to bless your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. The Bible says that even... Sin can be carried over to third and fourth generations and three and four generations in our life. But how much more shall and will the blessings of God come in when we do good things and we live according to God's word and we've kept a relationship with God. We've kept our covenant with him and our commandments. I believe that every person doesn't live life to themselves. I believe God blesses a life and he begins to use your life to bless the life of other people, especially your family. But the one thing that we need in our life is to understand that there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. That's another translation. In the King James, it just simply tells us that even people, when people begin to come into our life, sometimes when you get too close to people, sometimes you just got too close. Because you really don't know who people are. 
You really don't know who people are until you spend a lot of time with them. You ever look from a distance and, and you saw someone and you said, man, I want to get to know them. I want to get to know who they are and then you finally get to know them. Their personality is just bubbly. They're funny. They got this cool laugh. They can tell the right joke. They know how to say it. But then all of a sudden, you have this little trying moment where you offend them or they offend you. And then that relationship is tested. And you find out that you really weren't at that place with them in your, in your, in your life. There's a lot of people that say they're your friends, but here's what, really, what it really boils down to. It boils down to when you are at your lowest point in your life, who's still around? It boils down to the people that are still in your life after you've gone through thick and thin. Now, I know one thing for sure, outside of Jesus, I've got people in my life that are still with me. And I know one thing, my, my wife right here, she's been with me through thick and thin. Poor Pastor Dawn, she's at thick right now with me, but it's okay. <laughs> We're still at thick. But, but she's been there for me. She's, I think she's honestly the only person that can really put up with me. Don't laugh at me. You're, look at your wife and look at you. Some of you, I'm telling you right now, some of you husbands, when God gave you that wife, that was the best thing you could have ever had in your life was that little lady right there. I'm telling you. You know, like the old saying goes, you know, you know, Fred Astaire did some great moves, but Ginger Rogers did the same ones backwards in high heels. Behind every great man's a great woman. I encourage every marriage to realize one thing. That God gave you that spouse. And outside of that relationship, there should be no one else that's closer than you two. But then you deal with others. And you have to involve other people in your life because life moves at the speed of relationships. It, sometimes it takes the right relationship in your life to see things happen. We call it networks. Things happen through people. But not every person that comes into your life, you have to let them in that one inner circle. Some people, remember this, some people were sent to you for a reason. Some people were sent to you for a season. Other people were sent to you for a lifetime. Do you remember that? Some people were sent for a reason, some for a season, and some for a lifetime. And you have to learn to distinguish the people, and this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Point number one, a true friend believes in you, even when you don't believe in yourself. A true friend, a true friend, like the scripture says about Abraham, James chapter 2, verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled. For Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, for he was called a friend of God. Now, remember, that friendship first was tested. He wasn't called a friend of God until after he offered up Isaac. 
He wasn't called a friend of God until he offered up Isaac. That relationship between God and Abraham first had to be tested before it can be trusted. Someone said this one time, good friends, true friends don't stab you in the back, they stab you in the front. (laughs) Why even stab, right? (laughs) God told Abraham, if you take Isaac up to the mountain, I want you to stab him. (laughs) To his face, looking at him. Not his back, right at him. And he said, Abraham, I want you to take him up and, I, and offer him. They were walking up together and, and read the scripture. Isaac looks, at, Isaac looks right there at, at, at Abraham, his dad, as they're walking up the hill. He, they've got the wood, they've got the knife, and then Isaac goes, hey, dad, where's the sacrifice? <laughs> and you know what he told him? He said, don't worry, son, God will provide. Can you imagine that he told him at that moment, and and that's you. God will provide, and you're the provision. Surprise. He gets up there. He raises the knife. In the moment that, I don't know how it all worked out. I don't know how you you forced him, and he tied him down. I I don't know how it worked out. All I know is, is that he went through with it. And when he went through with it, the angel of the Lord stopped that knife, stopped his arm. And then he said, now God knows of a surety that you can be trusted, that you believe him, that you are a friend. But that had to first be tested. Then we know the rest of the story. The ram comes out, gets stuck in the thickets, and you know, then he takes the offering, and now that place is called Jehovah-Jireh, which God provideth. And, you know, and, and there's the beginning of of the covenant and the promises begin to begin to happen the blessings begin to flow in every one of us there's a season in our life god will take us through to see if we truly are devoted to him it's a wonderful thing to be a friend with the almighty you remember the old song i'm a friend of god well to some of you i don't know if it's old or not but A while back, every church was singing, I am a friend of God. I don't know why I did that. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. We love singing that song when it came out, right? Well, to be called a friend of God, you have to believe in God. And you have to allow your trials and circumstances to work for your good and not blame God for everything that happens wrong in your life. Or, or get upset with God when God asks you to sacrifice or do something and give something precious away from you. Sometimes God wants to take something from you for a moment so he can bless you with something big for a lifetime. And sometimes God has to test you to see if you're willing to give it up. When you can prove to God that you know it's not about me, Lord, it's all about you, and I'll give up my my precious possessions. Um, When you can lay something on the altar with God and say, Lord, you gave me this child, or you gave me this blessing in my life, so I am going to simply just offer it back to you. And it's like the Lord says to us, and he's such a good God, 
I don't know if you've ever had to do this before in your life where you said, Father, I surrender this. I'm just going to surrender it. I'm tired of dealing with it. Lord, you gave it to me, and if hell's going to try to take it from me, I'm going to give it back to you. Have you ever had to draw that line before and step over and say, you know what, hell, if, if you, have you ever been under attack before in your life and you felt like you're fixing to lose everything? And then finally you made up in your mind, you know what, if hell's going to try to take it, he's got to take it out of the hands of God. Here you go, God, I'll give it back to you, everything. That's, that's what moves God. But why does something bad have to happen? Why can't we just trust him from the get-go and say, Lord, I give it to you. You're the owner. You bless me with everything. You're my CEO. You are, you are the one who's provided for me. If it wasn't for you, God, making these connections, you gave me the mind to think this way. You gave me inventive ideas, skills, strategy, talent, whatever it is. I surrender it to you. Lord, <laughs> I give you my children. I give you, God, my marriage. I give you, God, my job. I give you my business. I give it all to you, God, and I'm going to look it straight in the face, and I'm going to Tell it, you're the offering. You're not mine. You belong to him. And I know, God, and this is the stress of the story. Here's what you need to read in the New Testament. The New Testament emphatically says that Abraham knew that if God would take Isaac, that he would be able to raise him back up from the dead. That's the faith Abraham had. He had that kind of faith. He knew, hey, you know what? If I lay it down, God can raise it back up. That's why he knew it. You have to let go. Turn to somebody and tell them, you got to choose who you're going to lose. Turn to somebody else, you have to choose what you're going to lose. You're going to have to give something up in order to gain something greater. And the number one friendship in your life, above all of the people in your life, is Jesus Christ. And I promise you, if you'll start trusting him and pass every little test in your life that challenges you, a lot of people lose their faith when they first come to Christ because after a little while, when everything is going smooth and everything, you're on that mountaintop experience and everything is wonderful and life is grand and you're happy and and then that first trial comes, and the second trial comes, and the third trial comes. This is where most people go, I don't understand what's happening. I'm supposed to be blessed, and now I feel like I'm being cursed. Well, have you ever thought that maybe God is allowed, not causing these things to happen? Because remember, God, the Bible says, the Scripture says, God does not tempt man, neither can he be tempted. But have you ever thought that in order to build character in your life, in order to establish your faith, in order to help you become a better person, God has to allow you to be tested so you can be trusted. Am I right? Look at Jesus, right? Case in point, look at Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, our Lord, our King, our Savior, the Father allowed him to go into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The Spirit led him there. The Spirit didn't tempt him, but the Spirit was with him. And, the, and Satan himself came in. And the number one temptation was, prove to me, you're the Son of God, and, and, and worship me. 
and I'll give you a shortcut to your success. I will give you all the riches of the earth. He took him to a high mountain, showed him all the riches and all the success and all the glory and the fame, and he said, I'll, I'll give it to you. And then he replied with God's written word. Fall in love with the word, folks. It is your shield and buckler. It will protect you. This word will be a bodyguard for you. And he stood up on that mountain. He worshiped God, refused the other. And then the scripture says he came out of that wilderness experience with power. Power. Why? Because God will not empower anyone that hasn't been tested. Anyone. Most people don't want to go through testing. They are satisfied with the life they have and at the level that they're at. And, and, and that's, that's great to be content. But God never asks us to be content and be depleted in our passion for him. God wants to take our life and raise it up to a higher level where now you're being blessed and you're able to take care of your family. And th aren't you thankful for the blessings of God in your life? But God wants to go beyond your family. God wants you to realize the blessings want, he wants to take are beyond your family. It goes beyond your home, into your community, into others, into the kingdom. You are more than your family. God wants to bring abundant blessings in your life. But it all happens through relationship. People. Families. Um, listen. I have to say this. I feel like I have to say this to you because I learned this a long time ago. A long time ago. I've seen the blessings of God in my family. And, and, and I'm not talking about financial blessings or houses, or, and I've seen that too. But, but I've seen God bless my family. I've seen the hand of God on my family through, through keeping my family, protecting my family, um, using my family, helping us stay together. I've seen God's blessings. But there was a point in my life when I first got married. It was tested. I had all my old friends come over to my house, stop by, try to get me to go back out and not be a committed husband or man. And if as God is my witness, the only one outside of my wife that kept me in right standing for my family or something bigger that God had was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost that, that tugged me, that told me. I'm talking about right when I was a baby Christian. Well, I didn't have a, a enough sense to know everything. But I knew one thing. I knew God and I knew he loved me and I felt his presence. 
And I would feel him take away that desire from me to go out. And throughout all the years of my marriage, since I have had this wonderful experience in my life of living for God, anytime my wife and I have ever had an intense moment of intense fellowship, let me just say it plainly to you, because some of you think that pastors don't have problems or have difficulties. Any time that I have ever had an argument with my wife, and yes, we have had arguments before. Any time. It's the Holy Ghost that caused me not to run to a bar with some friends in low places. But it's the Holy Ghost that caused me to run to the house of God and get connected to a God in high places. I can give a testimony like this because I know for a fact, many times, many times, even when life is, was tough and things were good at home, even then, and I was super stressed, I didn't go and call a friend. I didn't go out to try to find a, a, a brother and travel. Listen, for me to go find a brother, I have one that lives in town, but I've got two other siblings that live out of town that's two hours away. It gets expensive every time you get in trouble. You think you have to go two hours away. But the scripture said that he would be a friend that sticketh closer than any brother. And I've learned to make him my friend. I've learned not to blame him for, and I'm not bragging on myself. I'm using myself as an example because I haven't always passed the test. I haven't always passed the test. Sometimes I just got a little, you know, spoiled, stubborn. Like the Holy Ghost would tell me, the Spirit of God would say, you need to go tell them you're sorry. <laughs> go tell her she's right. <clears throat> when I get mad, I make grunts like the Hulk. <clears throat> <laughs> but after a while, emotions die down. You get the whisper out. I love you, Lord. I'm sorry. And you muster up enough strength to go right back. Husbands, I feel like I need to tell this to the husbands. Never, ever. This is just a friendly advice. I'm a friend. Never run away and get out of God's will for a moment because of frustration. Humble yourself. Don't blame God. Seek God. And God will show up and make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll answer you. He'll provide for you. He will come in and give you a peace in your life. He will come in and give you a joy in your life. Uh, and he believes in you. Listen, God believed in Abraham. Your true friends will believe in you. When you give a dream, they'll believe in the dream. When you, you give your thoughts, they, they count it as important. And, and it's the people that are there for you in your life. Uh, number two, here's an indication for everyone. How do you know who your friends are? Friends believe in God's plan for your life. Your friends believe in God's plan for your life. I am so 
standing in front of people who I believe have kingly ministries. That you were meant to be sharp, successful business people to provide finance for the kingdom of God. I believe I'm standing in front of people who have ministries that, that have healing ministries, uh, prophetic ministries possibly, evangelistic ministries, soul winning ministries. Not every ministry has one of these that come with it. If you in your mind picture yourself behind one of these just to win souls, you have been detached from reality. Jesus didn't even have one of these. <laughs> Jesus, how long we had this thing, by the way? We had a long time. I thought when I first got this, it was like we got it on sale. I'll tell you, there's some out there that cost like $2,000 just for this thing. I said, there ain't no way I'm going to preach from something like that. I found this for like 100 something, I think. Cheap. It's the way we like it, cheap. But I thought in my mind when I first got this thing, boy, it's going to make me a better preacher. Got it now. Hey, listen, if you were a bad driver when you had a used car, you're going to be a bad driver when you get a new car. That's all I'm saying. Okay? It's not the car that makes you better. It's the driver that makes it's the wisdom. It's the, you know, understand what I'm saying, right? Okay. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're a bad friend to God, then you'll be a bad friend to everybody else. If you're not faithful to God, then you're not going to be faithful to anybody else. Every good relationship starts with a good relationship with God. I counsel with people sometimes, and, and they come to me with conflict. In conflict resolution, I always know this. This is my first rule of thumb. Number one, how is the relationship with God? Do they have a conflict there? Most of the time, 99% of the time, if there's a conflict between the person and God, they're going to, be called, they're going to cause a conflict between them and someone else. That's the breakdown. When that gets fixed, everything else fixes itself. Make him your friend. He'll fix relationships. You know how to get rid of an enemy? Make a friend out of him. That's an old saying. Everyone knows that. But you see, when you're a friend of God, God can trust you. God will believe in you. God will invest in you. God will back you. God will walk with you. God will tell you things like, you know what? I, I believe in you. I trust in you. Everywhere as you put your foot, I'm going to give to you like he told Abraham. I'm going to do something great in your life. But don't allow the testing to drive you out of the will of God. Allow the texting, testing, not the texting. Allow the testing to draw you to God. Excuse me. To draw you to God. Friends believe in God's plans for your life. Not only does a friend believe in you, but they will also help you stay sharp. Listen to this. Proverbs 27 and 17. Iron sharpens, sharpeneth iron. Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. Now, how many of you sharpen? Have you ever sharpened your knife before? You got to get, you know, you got to find something. Listen to this. Something harder than the metal that your knife is made out of in order to knock off the edge. You're literally microscopically, if you look at that when you're sharpening, that, that stone, whatever it is, is literally taking all pieces of the metal. Literally just taking, shaving it off. Shaving it off. 
It doesn't feel good sometimes when a friend tells you what you need to hear instead of what you want to hear, right? That is the indication of a true friend. Are you ready for this? A true friend. Here's how you know one. It is someone who leads you in the right path. It's someone who isn't afraid to tell you the truth. It's someone who doesn't tell you what you always want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's someone who will cause you to keep on following God. Young people, I've said this many times before, but I'm going to say it again. Are every single person, all the single people, are you ready? You want to know if he or she is the right one? It's the one that keeps you strong in your relationship with God. The one who doesn't take you away from God is the one that's going to be the one that keeps you in alignment with God. That's the one God has for you. That's one indication. One indication. You understand what I'm saying? But the people in your life, see, that's why God is our best friend. Because, of course, <laughs> God isn't going to come around. I mean, the, the, the Spirit of God isn't going to come around and tempt you and tell you to do something that you're not supposed to do or lead you in a direction you're not supposed to go or, you know, whatever it may be. Despite, the Bible says the Spirit of God was given to us to be a teacher, to lead us and guide us into all truth. So when somebody else comes around in your life and tries to take you away from what's right for your family or your life and your destiny and your purpose in God, that's not a friend. That's not a friend. A wonderful life is when you're surrounded by people who love you, who believe in you, who tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Who not only will tell you what you need to hear, but also, also encourage you. Good job. They, they celebrate you. They're not, they're not jealous of you. Not jealous of you. I love it when my kids do something good. You know, daddy and mamas are always, all right. Woo! Except that ball games, they get so embarrassed. Stop it, dad. Kids ever say that to you? Stop it. Don't hug me now. Yeah. Calm down, Dad. Always miss You know, they don't say it like we do. <laughs> Always a misunderstanding. I'm going to say something funny. This is funny. I'm going to tell a story. There's so many misunderstandings sometimes. When you get older, you know... You know when you get older, you do things because you love your kids and they, you just love embarrassing your kids? I love embarrassing my kids. I mean, I love getting up here and dancing and stuff just because it makes them go, oh, Dad, don't do that again. I used the word salty last week and my daughter goes, oh, my God. Dad. Always my son. I was, we went to go eat at, uh, at a Chinese restaurant. And we went into, uh, uh, I think it was P.F. Chang's. And we walked into P.F. Chang's, and we're walking around. We're joking with each other. And, and I looked at someone. I looked at, I looked at something. I said, boy, that guy's got short legs. My daughter looks at me. She goes, Dad, 
You are so rude and took off like that. How can you say that about that? Blah, 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 blah. I was pointing at the little statue on the counter of this little guy. With the short, there's a little statue. The guy had a long body and real short legs. She thought I was talking about somebody. She walked off and said, oh my God, Dad, you're so rude. But we got back in the car, explained it. We all laughed, had a great time. You know what I found out is challenging is when you, you don't know how strong a relationship is until it's been trusted. Every relationship has and will be trust, uh, tested. You, you hear what I'm saying? Every relationship in your life, if it hasn't been tested, it cannot be trusted. Every relationship. If someone... A friend will look at you and not be offended when you say something to them. They'll just tell you something back meaner. A true friend won't get offended at what you say. They'll just tell you something offensive back. And you'll just take it like, okay, all right. Touche. Relationships. If you think for one moment... A wonderful life and a wonderful marriage is because you've never had an argument. You are far from the truth. A wonderful marriage is a tested marriage. It's a marriage when you've had a disagreement or differences and you're able to overcome those differences. A friendship is when you've been through some things with somebody and you have Learn to overcome the odds and still trust them, believe in them, ask for forgiveness. The true test in any friendship is going to be the offense. I am friends with some of you. I've had some of you come and tell me something that offended you. And I've had to realize, and you know, the smart thing to do is think, did I really come across that way? Did I really say that? Whatever, and not be too proud to say, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Sorry. I teach my kids that. I taught them that at a very young age. You've been disrespectful. You better go make it right now. But in, the house, in God's family, God wants you to have a wonderful life, a wonderful people in your life. If they're taking you away from God, if they're bringing misery every day, if they're constantly taking from you but not putting back into you, you better rethink some things in your life. Let go of the suckers. The people that are just training you. Oh, my God. Another prayer chain? I mean, like, how many prayer chains do you have? I mean, how about, you I mean, I, like, you're walking around with all these prayer chains. I mean, how about pray for me sometimes, too? I had a prophet, a guy who operated in the prophetic gift one time. He told me, he said, he just told me flat out. He said, brother, he said, if we're going to have a relationship, you can't always be calling me asking me for a word. I mean, if we're going to have a relationship, you're going to have to pray for me too. You're going to have to go both ways. How can two walk together lest they agree? You see, and you got to start determining these things. The reason why I feel like I'm saying this to this crowd this morning, the first service was completely different. Same message is a different, just same sermon, different message. But the message for this service, for this group of people is this. I feel it so strongly. 
you're going to have to choose who you're going to lose. Not by being mean, not by cutting them off, but by stop, by stop wasting your energy and stop blaming God for it. And because there are some people that are weighing you down, that are restricting you from growing in God and not reaching your full potential. And as long as you have those Jonas in your boat, you're never going to find calming seas. And God wants you to have a wonderful life. God wants people in your life, like God said, you know, even the scripture says, if God be for us, who can be against us? It's not having everybody on your side. It's having the right person on your side. Am I right? I'm right. The Bible's right. That wasn't me. That was the Bible. I mean, my opinion really doesn't matter. All that really matters is what this Bible has to say about it. And for God's people, a wonderful life isn't just having things. Listen, things come and go. We learned that from Harvey, didn't we? You have all those nice things, and the roof is gone one day, and you're like, oh, my God. It's the people. Thank God after the storm, you still have your family what really matters, that house was only there to house the people that were inside there. It's the people, but having the right people, the right people in your life. I want to give you this conclusion. I'm coming to an end right now. Come on, guys. The one who stays around when things, when times get tough, corrects you when you're wrong and believes in you when you don't believe in yourself is a friend. And all of these descriptions here only really direct me to one person that I can honestly say is my friend. Number one is Jesus Christ. Always there. Always there for me. When I have no one to talk to, he's always available. He, he always answers my calls. He always responds back. He, he believes in me even when I don't believe in myself. I mean, even Abraham had a little bit of a problem there and said, well, I'm a little old, don't you think? God says, I believe in you. I'll rejuvenate everything in your life, put a sparkle back in your eye. <laughs> I'll cause your wife to bear again, to bear. Oh. The second person that, that falls into that criteria is my wife. Come here, baby. Come here, you sexy thing. Before she walks up, can you play the Commodore's Brick House? Just kind of an introduction, little theme. I'm playing with you. Now, i got to tell you something. This is my best friend outside of Jesus Christ. Okay? There's no other woman that I would laugh with in the way I would laugh with her. There is no other woman. I'm doing this for a reason. This is, we're making a strong church right now. You, are you ready? See, I have a wonderful life because I have a wonderful wife. No other woman gets a text message from me like she would. Come on, baby. Don't... Come here, Caleb. Oh, mama's hand. 
He's going to represent all my kids. The third ones would be my kids. When I first got married, when I first got married, I went through some tough times. Boy, I had lots of friends. Lots of friends. Stay there. Jesus is right here. He's actually right here, but yeah, he's right here. Because I'm friends with him. He makes me a friendly person. I can be friendly to her. I don't, I, don't, I don't treat anybody else better than I treat her. But here's what I'm saying. You remember when I first, we first got married? And you remember when we first had Haley? You remember that uh, the step in the light? You got pretty eyes. You need to be in the light. You remember, you remember when, when we first got married and, and all my old friends, they come around only to let me go out. But you remember every time, look, Caleb, most of you don't even know this right here. I'm, I'm just showing you something right there. See that little scar right there? You know that little, remember when that week you got that scar, Denise? Caleb was a little boy. I used to turn the lights off in our living room. We lived in an old farmhouse, had those big, uh, had, I say big, it was like, you know, the, the wooden side of the wooden, you know, base. And, and I used to turn the lights off and Haley and Caleb would run around chasing that little light. But one time Caleb ran and he tripped and he hit the corner of the baseboard, split his head wide open. Blood was gushing out. And I remember taking you to the emergency room when you were a little kid. Me and mama were there, me and mama were praying. And I remember seeing one of my best friends that kept on trying to get me to go out. He was working in the hospital. And while I was there with my son, he was back there. And my son was crying, getting stitches. He walked by, looked at me, and just went, kept on going. When I and my kids got sick, all those party friends I had, all of those people I thought were my closest friends were nowhere to be found. My baby couldn't pay for the di- I couldn't pay for diapers for my baby. The only one that was there was this friend right here. Thank you guys. Thank you. All I'm trying to tell you is there comes a time where I'm going to say this and I don't mean this disrespectfully or condescending. There comes a time we all have to grow up and realize what really matters and who really matters and have to mature and realize who those people are in your life and then you'll understand how to have a wonderful life. I I know right now I can pick a handful of people in my hand. I can call up, have hot dogs, I got no place and I have a good time with them I don't need a whole lot I just need good people around me it doesn't take much for me to be happy I may I know people I can call right now and I don't have to cook a steak for them to come over to my house or or cook a brisket we could have rice and beans arroz con pollo and I'm gonna tell you right now we will have a good time eating it and we won't have to we won't even have dessert because people like that you don't have to impress See, even like Jesus, he doesn't care where you live. He doesn't care what you have on. He just wants you to have something on. (laughs) Right? 
Come as you are. That doesn't mean come in your concert seals. I mean, put something on when you come to church. I mean, come on, somebody. But he doesn't care if you're stinky smelly, you look good, what kind of cologne you've got on. Really, the fragrance God looks for is a humble and a contrite spirit before him and a, a worshiping spirit. And that's what makes a wonderful life. Not the things you've got, but the people that you have in your life. Do you believe that this Sunday morning? I want you to stand to your feet. I, I, I really feel like this is really a message for somebody to realize what life is really about. I didn't even play you my, my clip from my movie. I was so excited about this message. There are so many, so many things that are so important to us, but the most important thing is relationships, and the most important relationship is the one with Him. Is the one with Him. Jesus is my friend. I love you, Lord. Come on, worship him with me. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you today, Jesus. Don't let hell try to destroy you or your family. or Don't let hell try to destroy your relationship. Listen, if everything is tested, if you can overcome it, the stronger the relationship will be. The stronger the relationship will be stronger it will be if you will bow your heads and everyone just close their eyes if you're here in this building today this Sunday morning and you've not made Jesus your best friend he wants to be he wants to be your best friend today he wants to be the one who's there for you and he'll never leave you forsake you so as we bow our heads and close our eyes if you'll just if you're ready to make him your best friend your Lord and Savior of your life the King of Kings your life will you just pray this with us we're going to pray together as a family and we're going to pray with you but you pray the way you feel to pray in your heart out of sincerity it's the first step towards god is a heart of repentance our mission here at covenant life center is to help our world live give and love like jesus if our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.